Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers get a crucial win over the Clippers on Sunday. What does it mean for Darvin Ham's job security? We'll tell you next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, this one's always going to be free and never locked behind a paywall where it requires your hard-earned money to, to access. Uh, locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with over 22,000 subscribers, all of whom are breathing a sigh of relief, unless you were one of those people who wanted the Lakers to get throttled tonight so Darwin might get fired, in which case you're angry uh, uh, that the Lakers won. 106-103, Sunday night, a critical win against the Clippers. Um, plenty to talk about, Andy, um, including the Darvin Ham question, the issue of his job security, um, and, and where things stand there. D'Angelo Russell gets back into the lineup uh, with an impact that was very easy to see. Uh, a good team win. Do want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Andy, to say the least, this was a badly needed victory. Yeah, Darvin said after the game, and as you noted, Darvin is still the coach of this team. Um, he said that the <laughs> pregame message before tonight was just everyone lock in and do your job. Like as long as everybody does their job to the best of their ability, whether you're talking about players, whether you're talking about coaches, whether you're talking about all the people surrounding this team. You know, Giannis recently put, you know, the equipment. The equipment guy. Right. Uh, you know, everybody plays a role. And Darvin's message was as long as everybody does their job to the best of their ability, doesn't try to do anything more than just your job to the best of your ability, Good things are going to happen. And if nothing else, I thought that message seemed to be heard, which is something we've questioned with Darwin of late in terms of just do his words still have an impact with the players in the locker room. But also it felt apropos because I thought this was a really great team win. I, yeah, thought, I, everybody, mean, I thought everybody who stepped on the court tonight for the Lakers had good moments. Like yeah, everybody chipped in and everybody mattered. I think to your point about whether or not like Darwin's words were heard and, and all that, I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how much they internalized that particular message or whatever. I will say this though, the Clippers got out to a very quick lead in this game. And if the Lakers wanted to make the statement that they were tired of Darvin Ham and they did not want to play for him anymore. <laughs> they could have done it in this game. They were down 16-7 to after a Kawhi three-pointer at the 6-16 mark. Um, and it looked like the Clippers were going to run him out of the building. And at that point, if the Lakers, if the goal was to make it clear that this team doesn't want to play for Ham anymore, this is where it would have happened. This game here, this this moment in this game, 
and the Lakers instead went the other way. They played a very good defensive game overall. Um, they held the Clippers to under uh, 40%. And Andy, they had to do it in a way that was incredibly physical because the offense, while it was improved with D'Angelo Russell back in the lineup, and we'll get to that in a minute here, um, it was not exactly the the Showtime Lakers in terms of elegance and points and and things like that. It was a it was a grinding, um, difficult win uh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, in all honesty, I'm not sure this offense is ever going to be truly elegant. Like there are times when I think things are executed okay and shots either fall or they don't fall. And it's make or miss league, Andy. Yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of cliches that to some degree are true. I mean, it was interesting when I was watching the post-game coverage uh, as we were getting ready to set up, they had uh, Spectrum Sportsnet, the Lakers TV partner, had a, uh, a commercial for a show that they do um, called Access Lakers. And they'll show a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff in it. And one of the one of the clips that they showed was a coaches meeting and Darvin and Phil Handy talking about what you and I have talked about a lot over the course of this season. They need to get into their sets quicker. And the longer their sets take to turn into, I don't know, anything, um, generally speaking, the worse they end up looking, regardless of whether they end in a basket or not. And this is a team that still at times will take a long they'll take a long while to turn into something that feels tangible but yeah. in the meantime though i thought as you noted and we'll we'll get into things grew exponentially more fluid just by virtue of having delo there and another guy that can both run the offense and provide a legitimate source of scoring and in the meantime their defense particularly in the third quarter which is where this game turned their defense was incredibly disruptive against the Clippers. They turned the Clippers over eight times in the first quarter. And the these were not unlike the Lakers in the first quarter where, stop me if you've heard this before, they've turned the ball over a lot. The Clippers did not have a lot of unforced turnovers. This was the Lakers really. No, the Lakers played a really strong defense. This yeah. was, you know, the Miami game, for example, was. Uh, one in which you know the Heat were really trying to oblige the Lakers and keep them in that ball game. That was a game um, that if you wanted to read into things and say the Lakers were trying to get Darvin fired, because like Memphis, I don't think Memphis did not feel to me at all like they were. No, they were playing. Trying. They played hard in that game, right? And for a while, they played well or well enough. They just collapsed down the stretch. Miami was a game where it felt like. You who Phil, you first <laughs> gent. Hello, Doc. <laughs> like it it really felt like they were trying to get Darvin the hell out of there. Yeah. I'm not saying they were. I'm just saying no, but like that, want, that's the type, that's the type of game you play when you want right, to get if your you coach want fired. to read into things and wildly, perhaps irresponsibly speculate. Miami gave you all the fodder you should want. there be a game down the road where the Lakers are trying as a as a team, the players are trying to get Darvin fired. It might be indistinguishable from the Miami game. It would be hard to, in fact, it might that get the Miami game might have ruined their fire Darvin game <laughs> because it's just going to look like what they did against Miami because it's hard to do it where you say, you know what, we're going to turn the ball over. How many times should we turn the ball over? 10? 10's a lot. Oh, guys, I mean, we already did that. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, it, I mean, you only get so many possessions per quarter, <laughs> right? Where they are is, is, is it a, is a, 
tricky place because you know there this was a a badly needed win a a an important one for the standings and a really important one for vibes uh if you are a believer in vibes um and it it has the opportunity to turn into a, a two game win streak with a a sub 500 raptors team coming into uh, town on Tuesday, and then Thursday, it's a Suns team that has not been particularly good on the road and just hasn't been that good in fourth quarters. Frankly, the Lakers have performed uh, pretty well against. Um, but let's get into the individual contributions, not just of LeBron, who had some statement plays, and Anthony Davis, who was very strong defensively, I thought, in particular. Um, but the return of D'Angelo Russell, the play of Christian Wood, uh, contributions from Max Christie used, I thought, in a, in a smart way. Uh, all that stuff next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And years ago, I went with some friends to go see LL Cool J at the old House of Blues in LA. Had no idea how to get tickets. It was really last minute. So we went to a scalper and he sold us fake tickets. And only through some random, totally unrepeatable luck, were we able to get into the show, but I vowed after that experience never again. And you don't have to because game time, I love them. The fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row or less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using game time, download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on MBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account, redeem the code locked on MBA for 20 bucks off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We'll get to D'Lo here. We'll get to D'Lo here in a second, as well as, as Wood. Um, LeBron came out uh, very similar to how he did against Memphis, um, trying to set a tone early. I thought he did a much better job with setting a tone defensively, not just offensively. Uh, he was much better on both sides of the ball. Um, but you know, th- some of the the plays, um, the 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 dunk, for example, in, in the first half. Um, there's a great picture that I retweeted, um, at cam brothers. You can find it from us where you see James Harden's reaction behind LeBron as LeBron's in the air. And it's basically just Harden going, Holy crap. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Whoa. Um, but I mentioned, I mentioned this not just because by the way, Torian Prince after the game said that he was the one who told LeBron to dunk there. So if you look at credit, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, Torian's a bad. He is. You know. No, I, I didn't realize that LeBron needed that type of guidance. Um, but, I mean, he took off like a step and a half in front of the, of the uh, free throw line. I mean, and, and I'm, I mean, that's like pretty good for anybody. It's really good, again, at age 39. Um, there's a big difference in the Lakers' offense. So I bring this up, not just to you know talk about kind of a rebound game, for LeBron, who wasn't great against Memphis, um, and particularly wasn't great late against Memphis, there's a huge difference. And with he how was the not Lakers good against operate. Miami either, right? You know, <laughs> nobody was. Uh, he was um, the conductor of the disinterested train. Yes, <laughs> twenty-five points uh, 
eight rebounds, seven assists, but critically, 11 of 19 from three point, uh, from three point range, 11 of 19 from the floor, and only took three threes, which I actually think is, is a good thing. Um, there are times when LeBron is, is hot from downtown, and he can take a few, but you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten three pointers from LeBron is too many. Um, this game, he was doing his damage inside the arc. Um, and the efficiency was much better. You get 11 of 19 from LeBron, 10 of 15 from uh, Anthony Davis in a game, like a shot, 50%, over 50%. In a, in a game where possessions were precious, um, you know, 106-103, that type of efficiency from the Lakers' stars, it kind of has to be there. Yeah, it, it's super important. Uh, you know, the Lakers, especially because they – Turn the ball over 19 times. I mean, they 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 did not. I thought they played a good game tonight against the Clippers. I don't think it was obviously flawless by any stretch, and the 19 turnovers stand out a lot. Right, but missed, missed 11. You know, only made 11 of 16 free throws, and 16 is not a great number. No, so um, no, they it actually took them a long time before they even got to the line mm-hmm. in this game. And in, in the first half, I think they shot. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they shot fewer than five free throws in the first half. Like it, it took quite a while before they finally got up there. And on top of it, this is one of the big problems they had in the first half of the game. They kept sending the Clippers to the line. Yes. And in particular, sending them to the line on three-point attempts. So doubling the the problem. But again, the, the defense in this game, I thought collectively, was just really really strong. I, I LeBron mentioned after the game that he thought they really did a good job communicating a lot of their schemes and just executing. But like, for example, Cam Reddish, who other than two very big threes, you know, his offense was downright Ooh. ugly at Ooh. times. Like he, he has no business turning the ball over five times. Like he does not have enough offensive responsibility to turn the ball over five times, but defensively, I thought he did a really nice job against James Harden. Like he he was often really disruptive. I thought he did a really good job of just preventing Harden from actually being able to run the offense. Right. Yeah, like to get the ball back if he passes, getting it back. Right. You know, sometimes maybe. it was Prince switched onto him as well, but Reddish was the primary guy doing this, particularly when they started getting the Clippers out of sorts in the second half. And, yeah. and again, people are going to look at his stat line and and rightly say it was ugly. But Reddish deserves notice for that. Well, it's it's, it's funny because like you, you mentioned the five turnovers, like at least three of them were right after doing something cool defensively. You made a great play and you know bleep it up and like it, it just you did the thing, give someone else the ball, you know. But like he, this is the difference between Christie and you know we've talked about this a lot. And Max Christie played a nice game, I thought. Um, he is much better when the Lakers do not ask Christie to be a secondary ball handler, um, and, and initiate the offense is when he runs into a tremendous amount of trouble. He has did a nice job of that in the summer league. This is not the summer league. Um, but when he's asked to be a spot up shooter, a catch and shoot guy, make that decision when you catch to either shoot or attack from the corner or whatever it might be, you know, he had a nice finish, you know, a dunk finish. He does that much better and with far fewer mistakes than Reddish does. And part of what separates Christie from Reddish 
isn't so because you read those numbers last week. It's not so much usage um, or raw percentages or whatever. It's literally the choice they make to take a shot or not take a shot, to attack or not attack. When Reddish decides to attack from the corner, it is almost always <laughs> ends in disaster. Um, and yet he keeps doing it. And so, I mean, Darwin's got his minutes much closer to 20, 20 a night now. That could go down a little bit more when Rui is finally able to play again. 10 to 15, 10 to 20, whatever it is, depending on the the matchup for, for Cam, is a much more comfortable place. I think for him and the Lakers to be then 25 to 30 or over 30 a night, that is way too much Cam Reddish. Yeah. And then in the meantime too, Christian Wood, really strong game, nine points, 10 rebounds, two blocks off the bench. It, it's flown under the radar because of all the just disaster that's been uh, hitting this team over the last month or so. But Christian Wood, since re-entering the rotation has played very well and seems much more comfortable in what's being asked of him. I, I also, someone pointed out, this out to me on Twitter, and I don't remember who, but it was a good observation. He seems like he might actually be better conditioned now at this point than Possible. he was earlier in the season. And then we, just to make sure we get it mentioned, because I know we're going to end up talking some about Darvin and what this game could mean for him, having D'Lo back makes such a difference. Like you mentioned LeBron's full game. Some of that, I suspect, I mean, I think LeBron recognized the urgency of this game, but some of it has to do with, with D'Lo back, you now have a third guy who can initiate the offense, who can run things, who can actually provide scoring opportunities, which makes it so right. LeBron does less of it. LeBron can actually sit a little bit more if you need him to. Like, there's just less for him to do essentially 24-7 in a right. game. And on a night like Sunday where Reeves is not having a particularly strong game. Um, you know, the, the Clippers bottled him up pretty good. You know, he finished with eight points, um, two of five from the floor, missed all three of his threes, only had two assists. He also, um, he also left a couple shooters way, way too open. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, he's just a habit of Reeves is that he needs to break. It wasn't a good game. It was not a good game for, for Reeves. With Russell there, who played 31 minutes, you know, and it's coming. It's like, look, you look at the counting stats, and you might not be impressed. Uh, five of 14 from a floor, three of nine from three point range, finished with 13 points. Um, it was a tale of two halves for him. It was. The second he, half, Gilo was he made some big shots down the stretch, and he, just Russell missed his first. I want to say four shots, I, um, and um, so it's like. You know, he hit a couple really critical threes in the second half. But if you're just like stuck on the shot making, but he his influence on the ability for the team to generate better offense, um, to generate clean looks, whether for himself or really for his teammates, um, the ease with which he is able to do that compared to Reeves um, is is still pretty stark. Um, and so you need, you really need both of those guys yeah. and, you know, and you really need Russell around for a night when Reeves is struggling. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Darvin, um, where you feel like things were coming in, where you think might things might be, uh, coming out of this game and what you might think comes through the rest of the month, all that next. 
Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and the NFL. Regular season just wrapped up. The playoffs are starting up. They look like they're going to be some awesome matchups, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. And that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app's really easy to use. There are many different ways to bet, like the live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the popular parlays. And, of course, NBA options as well as of this recording. The Lakers are 29-1 to to win the title. LeBron and AD both 100-1 to to win MVP. Anthony Davis, nine and a half to one for defensive player of the year, and Austin Reeves, six and a half to one for six man of the year. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. So the general consensus, we we had the report last week of uh, you know, disconnect this from from the athletic and Yovan and Shams uh, talking about disconnect between Darvin. And the the locker room, um, the Lakers responded to the disconnect um, with the Miami game and then losing to Memphis. You know, a, a complete and epic collapse in the fourth quarter. Um, this was a game that you know it seemed by most uh, accounts and reports was not a make or break game for Darvin, but uh, a disaster, a, a blowout. You know, when the Clippers are up 16 to 7, if they just run away with this game in the first quarter and it's never close, that could be the thing that that kicks stuff into motion in terms of replacing Darvin. Um, instead, they win the game. Um, and they do so with, you know, a, a really good defensive performance, a lot of hard work. Um, you know, I think for the most part, a coherent rotation that made sense. You know, Reeves back in the starting lineup, if that's something that's that's uh, important to people. Um, where, where do you what do you make of because we didn't get to talk about it on on uh, Friday because you were working, you were doing radio for for ESPN uh, L.A. Where do you what do you make of the state of Darvin Ham right now? I mean, look, if you if you listen to Darvin, he says that. He has the full backing of Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss to the best of his knowledge. And as long as those guys are in his corner, he's not going to worry about anything. And look, for what it's worth, Friday before the game, because I was in the building, I saw Darvin and Palinka having a pregame discussion, you know, sitting courtside near where the, where the Lakers were doing their warm up. And, you know, I'm not a body language expert or, but, you know, it didn't look particularly tense or hostile. I, I tried to read lips. I did not see you're fired um, at any point ever come <laughs> wasn't up. wasn't giving a, 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 the, the wagging finger of disapproval. Right. But look, the truth is the last few weeks, and it's particularly over the last few games tonight, notwithstanding, it did seem like the players were kind of disconnected from Darvin. There were some decisions that if players did not understand them or were confused by them or weren't buying into them, it would be easy to understand why because we were questioning a lot of right. these decisions. And, 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 Darvin's, and, and Darvin's comments, Darvin's I performance. Just about to in, go there. Right. In, in, in the pre- and post-game media sessions were not the, the performance of a guy who's 
feeling good. <laughs> no, if anything, Darwin, Darwin, who's usually great at this stuff, like he is typically very good at the communication part of this job, seemingly with his players, but definitely with us. And, you know, he typically presents himself very, not just well, but like very confidently and, you know, with, with the demeanor of somebody who feels very secure in everything that he's doing. The last few pressers, Darwin has seemed like, frankly, somebody kind of coming unglued. You know, the, the comment that he made uh, after the Grizzlies loss, where he said that I'm tired of people living and dying with each game we play, like intentionally or not, you sound like you're chiding fan enthusiasm. And it's, not to mention, yeah. too, this isn't this is not living and dying by every single game individually. It's not like the Lakers just had a 10 game winning streak snap. They've been regressing. So the idea that people would be getting up in arms about this, frankly, makes sense even before you take into account the Lakers fan base is, I don't care what their national reputation is, one of the most passionate, forget in the NBA, in sports. They yes. have one of the most passionate fan bases anywhere. And Darvin knows this because he's been in the league and used to be an assistant with the Lakers before now. So what I... Yeah. Comments like that, you're just like, dude, read it's, the room. It's it's read the room, but it's also what I found interesting about it was we've talked we've talked a lot about context and the difference between the context of last year and the context of this year and the expectations of last year versus the expectations of this year. And the two and ten start last year, which was you know, just like the two and ten stretcher, you lose three of you know, where they, they lost four in a row and uh, I think it was 10 of 13 and, and, and overall, like that's the same basic number of wins and losses over a same approximate stretch of games. The difference is that performance then like last year it sucked and it was like really unpleasant, but kind of like, yeah, we all knew this might be there this year. It's like, what the heck is that? First of all, you're, you were five games over 500 or four games over 500 and you know, the playing well and second of all that stretch of games in this season is unacceptable it cannot happen and um what i what was stunning to me and i found so so interesting was that darvin's seemed unable to pivot to any kind of different message that matched the moment that the lakers are in and i i said it on saturday if the message that he said to us in the media after the game about, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to keep our heads down. We're going to keep working. We got, you know, all the, like the, just the platitudes. And he said, like, this is what I told the guys in the locker room. I was like, and I said, like, if that's what he told them, then I actually could understand if they've sort of tuned him out because it's the same thing over and over and over and over again, no matter what the, the situation is and independent, like sort of not, understanding the nuance and the moment uh that that you're in um i don't know if it's exactly what he told them uh, because i wasn't in the room uh and i don't think that coaches always andy tell us the truth <laughs> about Nor like, should exactly they. what they, no Nor they shouldn't should. at all no um but that that i think is where where darvin's got to keep working one win doesn't fix it and not all this stuff was darvin's fault um but 
I think to the extent what, what Darwin can do going forward, starting now again Tuesday against Toronto, then Thursday against uh, Phoenix, is continue to make choices that seem to make sense. Playing Cam Reddish less, um, finding this sort of rejuvenated role for Christian Wood over Jackson Hayes, um, which is 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 a is a really important thing. Um, that balance between LeBron, Reeves, and D'Lo, who's on the floor, you know, making sure you have those guys out there. Which you know the the balance between Reddish and and Vanderbilt, if those are sensible, people are always going to be ticked off about something. But if those look sensible, then okay, like, and you can stay relatively consistent with it. Then okay, I think the players will be able to to come back in, especially if Andy they can actually win a couple games in a row, four of six, you know, seven of ten, something like that, and just get the bad taste of the last three and a half weeks out of their mouth. Well, you asked before, like, what this night potentially means for Darvin's job security, and look, I don't think he is. I don't think he has been on the verge of getting fired. But that being said, though, I do think that if things continued like they had after Miami, after Memphis, both in terms of the losses, but also some of the things that Darvin had been saying, and just this general skid that they could be on, that does not mean that Darvin is the problem. Like it's it's always, maybe not always, because there have been times where the coach has clearly been the problem. You can look back on it and say, yeah. like, no, really, that guy was the wrong guy to have there. But for the most part, it's rarely the coach is just the sole problem. But where Darwin, I think, was running into some trouble and where it could cost him his job would be if this kept up much longer in the same way, it would become very clear that at the very least, he was not the solution. Right. And this team needs to find a solution now and or what maybe, what what helps right and like and you know you, what what helps and what do you have the ability to change because yes the lakers can and probably will make some sort of trade in a month or so uh you know before the deadline in in early february um but you know those are hard to control and there's a lot of time in between when you can pull off that sort of deal. Um, you still got a week before you could trade Rui or Reeves if you wanted to. Right. You got to, you, you have to make, you have to play better in between. You can't just wait in for a trade like last year to solve your problem. Um, and you don't want to have to have a stretch run like you did last year. You know, and it's not, it's rarely fair to the coach, like you say, but like the thing that is easiest to change is the coach. And sometimes it's the you sacrifice the coach, and that gets the players' attention. The players feel like, okay, now we really have to crank it up. Otherwise, you know, this thing that you now we kind of left our coach out to dry. But now the, the everybody's gonna be looking at us if we can't fix this. Um, you get some sort of bounce from firing the coach. Sometimes it lasts. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but the coach is the almost always the easiest thing to change and the quickest thing to change. And that's not always fair, but if the Lakers had two or three more of these just awful performances, and it was clear that it, they were going to compound on each other, 
Um, none of this, by the way, is good. And I know there are a lot, there are there is a segment of Laker fans, I'm convinced, that will be annoyed if the Lakers win like five out of their next six and it takes Darwin off the hot seat. Um, please don't be that person because it is a bad thing to have to fire your coach. It is a bad thing to have to change all these things and to lose enough to make that necessary. Spe- Much better to handle this stuff in the offseason. Especially, too, if you are the Lakers, my last thought, and you have been a straight-up coaching carousel yes. since Phil Jackson. Like, the Lakers are, since that season, Phil Jackson's last one since the 2010-11 season, the Lakers are among the highest in the league for team turnover. They're like top five in the league. That's not a good thing. It isn't. Um, and so sometimes, you know, so it may come to the point where firing Darwin is necessary, but the it is not a good thing that you get to that point. Um, and it is better if you can figure out how to uh, fix it with the current coaching staff in place. Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube so we can go hang out and uh, see the show. Leave us comments. Perhaps you disagree. You might be a person who thinks they are just better off um, getting rid of Darwin um, and then, you know, finding, figure out something else, we, whether they're winning or losing. And I guess there's an argument to be made for that. Um, but we'd love to hear your comments about it. We have a, a day to uh, to do a show before the, the game Tuesday night against Toronto. So we can certainly talk about that. Um, we will see everybody tomorrow.